This week's episode is brought to you by your tiredest moment. A thing that happens when you've been recording four hours in a row. Your tiredest moment will just kick you in the teeth. Tiredest moment. It's always darkest before the dawn, right? Oh God, kill me. There would be a joke here, but this is the third recording out of four in a row. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. I'm James. I, I, I got him to chortle a little bit. That counts as a joke. Yay. Uh, so today, and if you were listening for the last two weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about Force, the, the, the red-headed stepchild, yet somehow the main thing that Boucherot is going after design-wise of the three imaginary gifts. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd rather be like the middle child than the child that just gets stepped on. Sure, I'd I mean, rather be the one that gets everything personally. Well, because th- it seems like th- they tried to make Force the big player. They gave the most clans the Force gift. <laughs> all of the early stuff was Force related for the most part, and, and all the main character clans are Force. Yeah, I mean, in, in Force's defense, they're like over the meta course of the meta and how it's evolved they've been like the consistently the most decent deck yeah. i mean a lot of that is just like some of its intrinsic qualities the f- original force yeah. marker is something that can like having a force gift is never bad right like having plus 10k to a column is always useful uh having a higher power base than all of the other clans means it's easier to guard so force has always just kind of been a stable presence because its intrinsic qualities aren't necessarily oppressive, but they're also strong enough that Force always has a presence in the meta somewhere. Somewhat. I also think it has to deal with, like, if you look at the quality of support cards I've received, overall Force has received mm-hmm. a, a pretty good quality. Nothing absurd, like early Protect or uh, now recent Excel. But they never, like, really got anything, like, shit quality, unless you count, like, first wave royal paladin but they got like a bajillion sets of support so yeah. like they were always kind of in the middle and i think the reason why they're kind of in the middle is because if you look at the i guess the timings of the game uh excel is like early mid uh and then uh excel is like early mid force is middle late <clears throat> and then um protect is late um mm-hmm. so they're just kind of like in the middle between the two so when whenever one end gets like support, uh, force just kind of like it doesn't necessarily do completely awful, but it it still like does decent. If you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and I think part of that is just quantity of support too. Like, like Atlas said, they kind of push force as the main gift. It has the most clans available. At least one main character is usually playing a force clan. And in the beginning, it was two because we had Royals and Kagros, and then later the villain also played Force. Or so, like, well, you, you just con- you, you had Ren and later Ibuki, so those are both Force clans. And then now in, with the yeah. w- with the prequel, you have you know your main guy being Force with Genesis. Mm-hmm. So, like, part of it is quality of support. Part of it is just quantity of support too. There's a lot of different clans they can kind of experiment with different ideas and give different levels of support. So, like, not every Force first clan is good, necessarily, but I don't think none of them are necessarily terrible, either. Uh, there is one. 
<laughs> Which one's that? Uh, I, the, the the one that actually uses Valkyrie. Oh, 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 oh. Gear- oh. <laughs> Did you forget they existed? <laughs> yeah, I will be honest. I consistently forget Gear Chronicle exists because they just haven't had anything. Yeah, they, they got support uh. in... Other clan support, and that's the <laughs> that's like the, the recent relevance. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think your chronicle is a very fun deck, but uh, like they had like the inherent consistency problems. If they went off, they were amazing. If they didn't, they died, and they died to themselves against Angel Feather. Um, and like the addition of Force Two didn't really help them much at all because they never got high power on their own in the first place. Which, speaking of Force Two. Uh, let's talk about that and kind of like get this thing rolling. All right. Well, so we, what were, do you think we weren't rolling before two? this. I mean, yeah. the other ones we kind of just talked about, you know, the gift two, and then we kind of yeah. went on from there. Yeah, that's true. Um, so force two being able to turn everything into base crit two. Um, this is possibly one of the most underrated like ripple effects that we can see in the gift 2 system. Um, because not only does Force 2 allow you to increase the pace of the game, where if you're if you're ahead, like you go first, you hit him for a crit in the first turn, and then you hit him turn 2, so they're at 3 damage. When you ride that grade 3 and just get Force 2, you're already threatening game on turn 3 for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, I will admit, I definitely underestimated uh, how strong Force 2 was going to be. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be funny with the new TP stuff, and you're like threatening 5 damage or something like that. Uh, but I I, I was I underestimated how well it would be like in a general sense for most Force decks. Yeah, it's like, when you're, especially in games where you're on the play, the stock of Force 2 is like really insane. Mm-hmm. Or like in decks <clears> you <throat> already gain like enough power. And, like, especially in, like, Royals, who, like, now all their freaking Blaster Blades have a million drive checks, right? Mm-hmm. Which I often forget, by the way, and just guard them normally. And, never get punished, <laughs> but... and then they go drive check, you're going, no, wait, no, why? No. Oh. Yeah, and then I never get punished, so it hasn't mattered yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> funny, funny story relating to that. I was playing Vanguard EX, and everything's Japanese, and I don't, like, play against Narukami a lot or whatever, uh-huh. so I didn't know what, uh, what Buster Gauntlet looks like or whatever his name is. So when that Vanguard attacked me, I was like, oh, it's just a Vanguard, only has one critical, and I let it hit me. And I was at five damage. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) 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 Yeah, it was was pretty funny. You brought this on yourself, buddy. I mean, I I, I didn't read it because I couldn't. That's true. Sometimes you just can't read. I could have seen the five critical, but... Sorry, not the five critical, the three critical, but... Whatever. So quite literally, reading is hard, especially when it's in other languages. That's just okay. factually true. Yes. Uh, but yeah. uh, Force Two. I actually think, looking back at it, I think the design of Force Two is like. I think the design itself is like pretty cool. It uh it speeds up the game a bit, but at the same time, like because Force Twos don't stack. And in general, like getting a critical, and everything becomes weaker the the more damage your opponent's at. So in the later game, it's not going to scale as well as say Force One. And I think that was a very interesting thing to do. And very, I, I will actually praise Bushi Road for this design. Which the problem of this is more like the other cards they printed that just kind of circumvent PGs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It seems like Force, the two Force gifts are pretty even with each other. Like, you can kind of see case uses where either where one gift or the other has its advantages, depending on the situation. Where the other two gifts, it's kind of clear-cut. Just the sheer advantage you get from Excel is just so massive that Protect can't even compete even with the decks that do gain advantage. And then Protect 2 just doesn't exist. I find that Forest typically seems like, overall, the most balanced decks Mm-hmm. You don't really like hear too many people complaining about four stacks, except for like that one time where like everyone thought New Nectar was the best, but then people started playing Angel Feather. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, and I guess like a some Shadow Paladin hate because I feel like Shadow Paladin always gets a little bit of hate. Yeah. Uh, there's like nothing like super offensive about them except for one specific deck. Yeah, uh, and like even in the beginning when we were first seeing G su- uh, V support get started. Everyone thought Dragonic Waterfall was going to be the shit because it just negates Sentinels, and then that didn't end up really being the case. Like, Dragonic Waterfall was good, but it didn't necessarily edge out Imperial Daughter. Yeah. I feel like that's been... With one exception, I feel like that's kind of been the case with Force. Is like ev- they always get things that look really scary, but then when you kind of get into it, they just end up being pretty all right. Well, there is one Force deck that was kind of above and beyond the rest of yeah. everything else, yeah. and that yeah, was that one was gross. Can you believe I thought Bermuda was just going to be like a Palatin Deer deck when we reviewed that set? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was really hard to. I don't know the. the <laughs> I think we were we were also blinded, but I don't, I don't know what, what was going on with our review of that set. We 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 definitely got that one all wrong, at least. I yeah. Think. I don't know. Like, I, I, it's like when when it started being played, it, like it wasn't even the same set I reviewed. Like, I yeah. Don't remember what, what's happening there? <laughs> but that was my bad. I think it was. Um, I think it was like underestimating the power and advantage of the deck. Yeah. Definitely. They, they, they like as we kind of know from right now, this current meta kind of made it kind of clear that just hitting over a trigger is enough to win the game. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of went above that, and I, I I don't have that much experience from Mutas. I did like play around with the TD for a bit, and I saw that they just kind of drew for no reason. Yeah, yeah. like and Sonata then, would just let you plus endlessly. Yeah, like you would draw for no reason, and then because you could draw for no reason, you can call a board like it's nothing and just keep attacking. Yeah. And then you had things like Lee's a lot, which was just like a free card. So, yeah. uh, just some uh, extra thoughts about Force Two. Well, I think Force Two is very well designed. Mm-hmm. I really like the design of Force Two. Um, I definitely think it kind of like sped up the meta, and it kind of, and I think that was the intention of Bushiro to try and like bring down Protect a bit. But because they created this Force Two to uh, speed up the meta. How kind of Bushiro kind of proceeded to counteract that was print these amazing cell cards to beat the four sticks. So they basically just like they were doing well with what they did for force against protect and then just kind of took it too far. Yeah, I, re- I feel like already the addition of Excel 2 plus some decent Excel cards was already hurting protect even more. But then they just kind of made Excel even more insane to un- so pretty much go under the four stacks, but that just caused Protect to sink even further down too. Yeah, the, yeah. 
like forces uh, force two's thing was that you're trading the ability for your late game gifts to matter, like you're borrowing from the future, basically. You're huh, you're, you're borrowing your force gift on credit. You are like once they get to four damage, it, it's fine. Like it, it kind of ceases to exist. Um, it ceases to exist at five damage. Yeah. But uh, just any deck that can stack Force Gifts doesn't really want to use Force 2, so mostly just Genesis mm -hmm. and uh, Shadow Paladin. Your Chronicle. Your Chronicle 2. <laughs> um, it's a deck, guys, I swear it's a deck. <laughs> are you sure it exists? You know, I'm pretty sure I have it in my deck box. For a clan wow. that's all about time travel, it, it really doesn't enjoy borrowing from the future, does it? Okay, we're gonna have we're gonna have Chrono's dad eventually, and then uh, what's what do you his mean? name's gonna be back? He's already here. Chrono. Oh, yeah, he yeah, plays Kazi, doesn't he? No, he plays oh, uh, he plays Nova Grappler in the reboot. He's gonna get career chronicles because because timey wimey shit. Timey -wimey. I like. I, I mentioned before that I was playing a lot of uh, Proof's uh, Bully Bad Spikes deck, the one yeah. without Seafried at all. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of games where I like, have actual decisions on whether to go Force 1 or Force 2. Yeah. Which is, yeah. like, I think really cool. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, one of the reasons, like, I think the deck's really enjoyable is, like, having these kind of, like, puzzle of, like, hey, which one of these is, like, correct. Yeah. yeah. I guess. Like, like I said, I think Force 2 is just a very well-designed gift overall. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, as opposed to the other... <laughs> Other <Yeah>. two. <laughs> I mean, I think X Protect Two was like a well, kind of well designed in like making decisions. But the problem was all the other cards. I think Excel was the one that was clearly one was clearly better than the other in almost all situations. Well, no, same with Protect. Like, well, I know. I think Protect yeah. Two. If it wasn't for the fact that everything like Narcom exists and everything had like you know no intercepts and stuff like that, I think it'd be like interesting. You know, Protect for Force against force and then protect one for force protect two for excel that was like a decision to make but then they like overloaded excel and so it's like and they overloaded excel and then narukami existed so it, so protect and they gave protect like not very good cards so protect two just became garbage mm -hmm. i think the design is fine but i think the uh other cards around it are just makes it completely useless while i think excel two is inherently just so much better than excel one yeah yeah. So, a thought experiment that you had, James, is like, would full power Bermuda still be relevant in this current meta, seeing as yeah. like all of these ridiculous things are happening? Well, because uh, probably they made they made the choice restriction of uh, Sonata versus Lizalette, right? Did I get the names right? Lizalette, mm -hmm. whatever. They all look the yes. same. <laughs> we should just call it Nero. Sonata is just like an absolutely ridiculous card. Yes, it, yes, she is. And so, like, I think the deck was even good enough, even at the time, and it's it was so aggressive early, and, mm -hmm. like, with, with Lee's Lot especially, and had a good first grade three turn that I think it would still be competitive now, and I don't think that's, like, unreasonable. Do you think <laughs> it would be, like, at the top, or do you think it would be about even? Because I know we had, like, a short period of time where the current three meta decks existed alongside Full Power Bermuda, and Full Power Bermuda was definitely, like, a bit higher than everything else. But at the same time, we were using Japan's data, which Japan plays a lot of Bermuda. And also, like, those other decks were kind of new and people were starting to get the builds down. Mm -hmm. Do you think it would be, like, still mm -hmm. at the top, or it would be closer to the others? I think 
that Pale Moon and Murakumo might be close. But I think Shad- it might even push Shadow Deck like Shadows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Danger Lunge is really good, and I cannot underestimate, and I cannot, can't really underestimate how good Danger Lunge is. Mm-hmm. Like, that card's just really good. But I, st- I think it can compete uh, on an aggressive level against those uh, against those decks. Because the way you beat Murakumo isn't really, like... Like, if you drag the game out, you're going to get minus really fucking hard. So, like, it's hard to say, like, what you're supposed to be doing against Murakumo for the most part. But generally, putting a lot of pressure on them early can make a lot of really hard, tough guard decisions for them, which they can do. Yeah. Which also makes, like, Protect decks less good against them. Because they don't do much early on. Uh, but... Uh, so, do you think they would be at the very top, though? Like, undisputed top deck? Uh, I don't think they'd be undisputed, no. Okay. Mm. Uh, so, kind of adding on to this, so we can analyze the spot forces in right now. So, because we think that force, that Bermuda would pretty much be, like, tier 1 near the top, maybe not quite the top, but very close to the top, what's, like, separating the other force decks from being that high like Bermuda because we know that Shadow Paladin is kind of close but all the other four stacks are kind of lower than that one well, word really simple. oh Matt. go ahead no, was, you go, no, you, no okay. you go do it fine one word consistency uh, the thing that made Bermuda so amazing was that everything did everything so that you were never really like oh shit I didn't find my combo pieces I died uh Everything searched everything else, which meant you were constantly doing what you wanted to do. And the reason Shadow Paladin is so close to that is, yes, everything revolves about around Blaster Dark, but everything searches Blaster Dark. You got your Masquerades, you got your, uh... What's the grade one that calls them from drop zone? Transient Masquerader? Maybe. Oh, yeah, the grade one Masquerade. Yeah, the grade one Masquerade. So, like, that one gets him back. Uh, and then... Like, because everything revolves around that and you have all these ways to search it, that's the thing that is causing, you know, Mordred's skill of stacking force gifts so easy to do. If you only, if Mordred's skill was a thing and you had to find Blaster Dark just by, you know, using Maka to call cards and draw more and then, like, slowly dig for it, it wouldn't be nearly as scary of a deck. It's the same thing with, uh, like, you know, Royal Paladin and Standard. It's pretty good, but it's not really that scary because you don't have a lot of ways of keeping Blaster Blade safe. So it's more subject to removal, whereas Shadow Paladin has the Grade 1 Master Aid. Uh, that deck could entirely your shit, though. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then, like, all the other Force decks, like, Dimension Police can just kick your teeth in ter- turn 3 with Force 2 and uh, Dyeliner. But if you do this skill and don't check a Grade 3 in the top 7, then it's not going to do that. Um, if you don't find your bad end, then you, you don't really get to get the ball rolling, and there's no way to search bad end in standard. Uh, and the list goes on and on like that. Matt, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say advantage. Advantage. Mm-hmm. All, all three of the top decks gain advantage. Like, whether by just completely negating your opponent's board, they draw cards, or, you know, they they just, like... Like, Shadow Paladin gains an advantage in the way where they can just keep, like, like Nimane. For example, the main gains a huge amount of advantage, especially if they have it on turn one. Like worst case, you have to like ride Masquerade and sack one of the copied domains you have in play, and then and you're like, the yeah, other one yeah, whatever, call. free you, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, free, it's like so dumb. <laughs> like they just have a full board for no reason all the time. Mm. And, um, just kind of asking because like around Bermuda Triangle, that was that was when I was kind of playing, where I was paying less attention to standard 
and also taking care of other things. Uh, can you give like examples of like, what Bermuda Triangle did that gave them so much advantage and consistency? Well, well, for one, Sonata's ability just lets you pull out a card with melody. Like you just go through your deck until you find the first melody card, and then you just have that now. Combined with that, you have Lisa Lot, which in your hand counts as a grade one, and then on call is just a free plus one, right? Whatever you top deck off of Lee's a lot, you're just going to call no matter what. So, you know, let's say you went second. On your grade one turn, you ride your grade one Vanguard, and if you have Lee's a lot in your hand, well, she's a grade one, you call that top deck whatever. If it's a trigger, you put it behind something to boost. If it's anything bigger than that, that's now another attack. And so just your first ride already, you have three attacks. So it also just kind of sounds like, on top of like just gaining advantage for doing what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. uh, it, it also seems like they have this kind of early aggression plan that I don't think a lot of current Forest decks have. And this this early aggression plan, because you're, you're attacking with a grade 2 on a grade 1 turn, while also calling another grade 1 to attack, essentially, or boost, that brings them closer to 4 damage early on. And when you're at four damage against a four stick that goes force two, that's very scary. So I think that might also be part of it. What do you guys think? I I have something to add to that. Where this kind of combines Matt Matt's idea and mine, in that uh, Sonata skills have the ability to because everything gets everything. Uh, mm-hmm. You're also giving everything boost, and you're giving everything intercept and 10k shield, which means you're all the cards in your board now do everything. They protect you, they attack better, and uh, they allow you to guard stuff with a less big hand. One reason that uh, Bermuda Triangle has a little bit of a problem with Narakami is that it can dismantle its board piece by piece. Like, Bermuda's hands don't get that big in Standard. Uh, It's not like they're tiny, but they they tend to have, like, anywhere between, like, four to six cards at the most. They don't, they're not really, like, drawing cards. It's mostly just about calling stuff to board, and then having all your skills do everything. So, you are consistently searching a card that makes everything boost and everything have intercept. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't like making a bunch of 36k columns immediately? Yeah. Do you think like there's like some kind of early aggression factor to it, too? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, That's yes, part definitely. of the big thing, because like, you can just be staring down a bunch of giant fucking things when you're riding to grade two and be like, what? how did this happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where, did I, opinion, where did I go wrong? Yeah, in my opinion, I think like maybe like the current force decks don't really have that ability. Right. So essentially what they were doing was they were playing as like a hybrid between or they were playing a hybrid between an force and an Excel deck, essentially. For Bermuda? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hybrid force excel and kinda in the protect in the in the way that they have a lot of ways to just call cards. I think also like if you look at a deck like Shadow Paladin which is I think we can all agree the best force deck at the current moment. Correct. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it has a setup. Like there's some setup time with Shadow Paladin. Like you need to find either a Mordred and a couple Blaster Darks or you need to find like or you can like wait a turn like ride Danger Lunge you get a Blaster Dark to hand you know next turn ride Mordred and call a couple Blaster Darks you know whatever you need to do. But once they're set up, that's when the deck is like really scary, right? Because then you're like, I'm right, attacking with like five 40k blaster darks. Enjoy. Yeah, I think what Matt says is very important to the current state of things, because what he's also saying is, on top of the consistency, a big factor is the pace of the deck. One deck is faster than the other, 
making it clearly better than the others, which is possibly the problem we're seeing in Vanguard right now. But I do think, like, Bermuda just does it all, like, immediately. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just fast, like, super fast. Mm-hmm. That one does. And I definitely remember looking at my opponent's hand one game for Bermuda, because they like Geosys for a one or something, right? And their hand is, like, a bunch of bullshit. And I'm like, oh god, am I like? It's, there's like a million great threes in there. Yeah, and I'm like, am I just dead? <laughs> and no, normally that would be bad, but it's Bermuda, so they're like, yeah, thanks, buddy. I'll uh, just go ahead and do that. I was like, I'm dead, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, if they brought back, uh, if they just undid the ban as a way of uh, dealing with Excel, that would kind of be like in the movie, like the sequel, where they go find the basically in Avengers, where they go find Loki for help. <laughs> You must be truly desperate to come to me for help, basically. Well, I wouldn't say unban it to deal with Excel, but I'm just kind of... That'd be a very just, lazy way to do it, for sure. Yeah, I'm just thinking about, like, you know, comparing uh, what what was probably, like, the best deck in the game compared mm-hmm. to, like, the current similar decks in the same archetype and what's missing. Yeah, I think just that consistency factor and speed. And we're going to get into that more when we get into our final overall discussion but like you have a win condition and then it just becomes a matter of like how consistently do you get your win condition and then how fast do you get your win condition yeah, the problem. i don't know what <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh just finished link era so i have no idea where they're gonna go from here they just finished uh, link era they're still i thought they were still in the... So hyperlinks will require. Uh, actually, I, no, I don't know where I'm going. Actually, never mind. Uh, aren't those the things you click on on a website to lead you to other websites? <laughs> uh, I only click on them on not websites to lead you to a website. But yeah, I don't know where Yu-Gi-Oh is going to go. But at least Yu-Gi-Oh has been taking some steps in a good direction. They're banning. They're like forcibly banning a lot of combos. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Every time I, I know, every time I look at Yu-Gi-Oh, my my brain hurts. The past like ban lists in like the past year, I think, have all like eliminated actual problem cards that were causing degenerate plays. Nice. Alright. The problem is they didn't, like, hit the top. They didn't hit, like, a deck that's been consistently at the top, but it's not, like, super degenerate anymore. It's, like, far less consistent than what it was before, so it's actually manageable now. But any, like, degenerate first-turn wins are pretty much gone down. Nice. So I hope the, uh, next set of Bermuda support is interesting but not broken. That'd be great. Yes. Yeah, Although, that do, would... we know, do we know if they're supporting Melody more or not? Yes. They are. They are. Okay. Oh, God. Well, that's Let's brace yourselves, <laughs> guys. Well, I hope they support melody, like the old, like make cards that support melody, like how they made angel feathers cards to support their old play style. I'm ready for grade one melody units. Let's go. Yeah. There's already a grade two, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> I mean, it exists. <laughs> yeah. I just want their old bouncing play style back. I want to reclaim it from Nubatama. Nope, Nubatama stole it from you. See, and now I will keep it. Now I'm expecting like like a little short where it, it's uh, just like a montage of Rupiri. He's getting on a plane, he's like ordering a drink, he's reading a magazine, and then he like gets out, he walks with his duffel bag to Bushiroad's offices, takes the elevator all the way up, pulls out a shotgun. All right, you guys are going to fix Bermuda Triangle and you're going to do it my way! <laughs> and, then, and then, like, one of the developers are like, but we made them meta for, like, half a year. And you're just like, not good enough! No, they weren't too meta. That was the problem, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, even prior to this, Bermuda was meta in the end of G-Era for fucking forever. 
Like, like they were still good in premium without their Vieira support. That was like what almost two years of being good. Yep, that's uh, that's pretty bonkers. Uh, so on the back, getting back on topic. Yeah, uh, I want to talk. I want to talk topic, about it, uh, some some of the other Force clans. Right. So I mentioned we mentioned Bermuda. We mentioned Shadows. Uh, one other Force clan that was like a pretty good like recently was Dementia Police with their mm-hmm. second season support because they got a uh, Dialiner and. Dialiner kind of gave value to grade threes in hand, so now the decks who already want to play like five thousand grade threes now kind of get like a benefit for doing so. Dialiner uh, gave shield to your grade threes, right? Yeah, yes. it gives ten k shield to all of your grade threes in your hand, and it searches for a grade three for counterblast one, soulblast one. Well, it searches for anything, but if you grab a grade three, it gets twenty k in a crit. Okay. So like, it's just a big boy, right? <laughs> and like. Th- the fact and it already hits all the numbers you want for like going into like Great Daisha, it does all the stuff like you want to do. But like the problem is like the deck relies on riding exactly Dialiner first. If you don't ride Dialiner first, your next best ride is like Dysaurus. And that's not even that like, good. <laughs> which is like ugh. Yeah. Well, this just ties back to the whole consistency problem. Right. Like, so like what? in order for these four plans to be better, it would need a card like Masquerade. That mm. like let me find my die liner before I'm grade three, so I can ride it at first every time. Like die liner is your consistency, but you don't have consistency of getting die liner. Right, and that's ex- and that's exactly the problem. Okay. I mean, these the Imagine decks are still playing um, Miracle Dandy, the grade two nine <laughs> K that gets uh, like to plus ten K shield if you're on grade three. Yeah, because like man, we need to not die. That'd be great. It's like, you just don't do anything early. The difference between like DP and Shadows is like. For Shadows, you can search out both your Blaster Blade and your Mordred. Mm-hmm. For, uh, for um, DP, you can only search out uh, your Grade 3s, but you can't search out your Playmaker, Die Liner. You can search out your Grade 3s, assuming you're on the right Grade 3 already. Yeah. And then once yeah. you're on it, you have no problem finding a million Great Dilutions. The problem with DP is getting on Die Liner and being like in a decent position when you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, okay, well, l- let's look at the rest of them. We have Genesis, which recently got uh, its own, you know, another set of support. Now they switched from Himiko to uh, Valkyrian and uh, all of the Astral Plane stuff. And that also seems to be its own set of problems, much like Dimension Police, where, yeah, you can do the five, you know, five Force Gifts in the Astral Plane, but then, like... You can't. Re- there's not really a consistent way to search enough cards to get you enough force gifts that you're doing Valkyrie mm-hmm. on turn three. And even then, like by the time you get to turn five, which is when you would realistically get the Valkyrian, you're dead because yeah. of cell. And so, also, don't you have to like find the Valkyrian too? You do. There's a card that lets you do it. The okay. There's like a. It's like just uh like that Aqua Force card. Just on call, check top seven, grab Valkyrian. I'm I'm pretty I'm cool knowing that I'll always have my handful of grade fives. Yeah, nice to know. Mm. Always good. <laughs> I'll, Barber's I'll be happy. I'll be happy as Gear Chronicle having that. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> uh, about, how, many, how many grades do you have binded? You have four cards over there. You're like, uh, twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can toss my hand away to get another turn and maybe win. Yeah. That's uh, the Barber's Law is in Latin at on top of the door of the Nexus at Night offices. Along with anime sucks and is for nerds. But Barber's Law states that the more copies of a card you run, the less likely you are to see it, and vice versa. So, yeah. 
Okay, well, that was a good segue into Gear Chronicle. Uh, hey! They are much due for another, you know, set of stuff. Force 2 didn't help them much, and uh, Valkyrian ironically helped them by being a Cray Elemental. So, <laughs> I feel like I'm, like, one of the few people who actually care about Gear Chronicle in Standard at this point. You are. Now that we've cleared that up. <laughs> well, Gear Chronicle's a fun deck, at least. Um, it's a very fun deck. It when, at least, like, when it came out, when Gear Chronicle got going, it, like, really got it going. The problem was actually getting the engine started. And a lot of the cards, in my opinion, just not age well. Because a lot of the cards were just kind of, like, you know, buying something, draw a card. But they didn't really do much on their own. So if Gear Chronicle wants, like, to be good, they need, like, essentially to overhaul all of their cards, essentially, at this point. Uh, the only card that they can't, like... Oh, that are, like, still kind of decent are, I, I want to say, like, the grade 4s, but only if they accelerate the speed at which you can get their skills. Mm-hmm. Um, How would you do that? Hmm? What, just, like, lower the grade threshold of the grade 4s, then? Well, it, it's, if to make the current grade 4s good, you could do something like, like, okay, something to, like, kind of help both the consistency of the deck as well as uh, help the grade four problem in the deck or getting the skills off quickly. And I think this would actually really fit with uh fit with the theme of Gear Chronicle. Is like you get a, like like on call or something like that, counterblast one or whatever, look at like the top uh four cards of your deck, uh bind one of them and then shuffle your deck draw a card. It adds a little bit of consistency to in terms of like getting, you know, uh Lost Legend or your spotters or whatever you need. And also helps you selectively bind things that might not be in your hand. Also, right. I do think like at least idealized dragon might be a bit outdated for the current meta. I Pretty think much. they definitely need a new grade four to replace that. Mystery Flare, I think, can still kinda of hold its own. Perhaps we will see. What's next? Neo Nectar? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a premium clan, right? Yeah. There, no. are, they, are they in standard? They they are, but they're they're fine, I guess. Uh it seems that, well, they're about to get a new set of things that, you know, stuff that makes plant tokens bigger and have intercept, so I oh, no. think they'll be fine. Um, I'm yeah, curious about of... Kagero. Oh, Ooh. man, Kagero is actually really interesting. Let's Do talk explain. about Kagero. Yes, let's talk about Kagero. What's up with yeah, Kagero? Kagero like... is probably one of the few clans who can, like, manage, and I say this very vaguely, uh, they can kind—they're of, kind of okay against Kumo. Hmm. Like Blade Master's a card. Oh yeah, that's right. I wanted to make a Blade. <laughs> I wanted to make a Blade Master deck for a while now, and I here's just never the, did it. Here's the thing. Pale Moon exists. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah, exactly right. the problem. You're right. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> like if I knew it, like at an event, if everyone were playing Murakumo, right? If you knew for a fact that every single person I bet was playing Markumo, you could walk in with Cairo and feel alright. Alright. But Pale Let's... Moon is like a wrench. It's like, yeah. ah! <laughs> <laughs> Has Dote done anything? Uh, in uh, Premium, it's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> because... Oh, is a, wait, is it a Legion mate for the fucking X? Yes, it is! That's what... <laughs> okay, so... What, what, what you do is... Uh, you don't get the Force Gift by... Um, yeah, whatever. By legioning, but you ride it first as like a turn three, and then you re- you ride the X later, and now your force gift does it twice, like counts as twenty instead of just ten. 
Because it's oh, each Vanguard. There you go. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So you, you do that. <laughs> I got. You do that with the end restanding three times, and usually they're dead. So I cannot wait for my. Uh... Wait, why aren't we legioning with a uh, great Dayusha? Obviously, just kidding. <laughs> 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 oh, I forgot! I forgot he had a legion. I totally he for- does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why people are just buying up the cross. Oh, I just did not realize that. Yeah, that's why. Well, uh, it's like looking at it like man, but now that man, that deck looks really cool now. <laughs> um, yeah. If only I had like, if only I cared. Yeah. Premium is like rough to care about right now. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, yeah, Master's a hell of a card. Uh, the card does so much fucking shit. And I forget what half it is half the time. It's like, what, retire all your opponent's rear guards, get a token that is like a 13k with trip, or was it 23k? Or, it's 13k, right? And then it gets it gets it with twin drive. Um, the vision token? It's, uh, yeah. it's twin drive and... Let's it's see. 13k, but then it gets... Does it get power? Um, I don't think so. I think Blade Master himself is the one that gets power, but let me double check. <laughs> Power to crit, because your opponent has no rear guard, so he gets an extra crit. Yeah, and then you summon a token that's just a copy of himself at base. Oh, right, but they'll just throw a force gift over there, so it's 23. Yeah. And yep. then, because you have to write, because you need a soul blast a grade 3 for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just like, soul blast, uh, soul blast uh, grade 3 that searches for him, and then like, discard two cards, blow up your board, uh, attack you for 23k with this vision token that's twin drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, pretty gross, but it's like, of course, slow. Yeah. So that's why it's a little worse against the next, a little faster than Kumo. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, Cargo just doesn't have a lot to lose, like as far as regard wise. So like, yeah. Uh, for Blade Master's case, uh, he needs the Doha and what's the other one called? Yeah, the Great uh, Two, the green, right? Yeah. But yeah. The Great Two searches the Great One, and you can just put him in the back and be fine. Not against yeah, Kumo. Also, but... not call him until you need him. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a thing. act. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think the last one that we haven't mentioned yet is Link Joker. Uh, I I right. thought I thought Messiahs were going to be off to a good start, but their main problem is that they don't have a good grade three ride. Uh, you can do the deleter guy, but usually it's so early in the game that it just whatever, just take it. <laughs> um, and then also triggers being ten k power really hurts them a lot. Yeah, because taking a trigger on damage puts you at 10k, which is almost 12 or 13, so you're mostly there. Um, and then that's kind of it. Wait, Link Joker, Neo Nectar, Gears, Genesis, Shadows. We already kind of talked about Royals a bit earlier. Um, yeah, the... Did we bring up Spikes? No, I feel like we did. Spikes. I definitely, we talked about Spikes just oh, yeah. in passing, but yeah. I do want to okay. talk a little bit more about Spikes. Spikes, I think, are actually in pretty good place as far as Force Clans go. I think they might be like the second, maybe the second best force clan right now. Hmm. At least is in English. Like a, is it by like a wide margin though? Or? Yeah, it's pretty wide because like the top three decks, uh, Pale Moon, Murakumo, and Shadows, I think are pretty significantly like, it, like they're a pretty clear like tier one in this sense, right? Yeah. And there's like a mm-hmm. big gap, so everything else is like tier two and below. But like they're pretty good. They have some really high early starts, especially with stuff like uh, Gyro Slinger and uh, Ronaldo, who are both like really really good i've been playing a lot of spikes so and like like the the starts can be really really high really aggressive like i had one game where i like i like ride ronaldo called double batted at grade two. Oh my god <laughs> my opponent was dead before they could even ride grade three that's amazing <laughs> you're just like okay enjoy <laughs> like you, like you can just get real like 
things can just get real big. So, mm-hmm. like in that game, I just like was like, I guess I'm riding bull spike. <laughs> Uh, force and I, and I I might have still gone force one just for the extra power because I had crits already, but yeah I was just like this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So like you can have some really high rolling starts and you know I've there's an event today and like a, a card fight uh, area event going on right now actually. And at well, the time of recording this anyway, it'll be it'll be at like the time of recording this. Yeah, yeah. This, this is what October 26th. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, they'll be getting and this, lot, like... there's some people playing spikes doing decently well too, mm-hmm. even in the face of I think 20 Murakumo players. Out of not not a significantly higher than a number of people. So, so out of curiosity, since you think a force uh, that uh, Spike Brothers is the second best force deck, what do you think is keeping them down exactly? Is there like a specific part of them that's keeping them down, or is it, like a advantage. specific deck that's it's, keeping them down? Uh, uh, it's pretty much all. Of, it's it's what it is the consistency of the early game and advantage. Okay. Okay. Is there any like do the what do you think like their matches versus the meta decks are the top three? Mm. Kumo is hard because you're kind of on a clock on when you need to kill them. Because once they wipe your board, it's not really much you can do with spikes. Yeah. So you're kind of on a clock to try to uh, try to kill them. And losing the die roll against any of those decks is like almost equivalent to losing the match, just because <laughs> that's how standard it is right now. Like the die roll is so important. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what I don't have any numbers for what the percentage on die rolls were, but I wouldn't be surprised if just winning the die roll already turned a match into sixty forty. Yeah, and it might be bigger than that. Yeah, that was like an observation I kind of already made around the time when, like a bit after, like uh, after um, what was it, the ultra rare set dropped? I started noticing that trend a bit. But now well, it's it was happening of, before that, but now things have gotten worse. Yeah, I noticed it then, but like things just escalated from there. Mm-hmm. So like, even though you get to attack on grade one, like attacking on grade one is so weird because it's it's really hard to call columns in a way you can hit over triggers at grade one. So it's hard to commit a lot and like actually make that valuable. I mean, mm-hmm. m- most of the time, I when I've been attacking a grade 1 going second, it's just call another grade 1 and attack with it first, and then attack yep. with Vanguard. That's, yeah, that's like the base thing to do. Yeah. And like, as Spike, sometimes I'll be able to go, oh, I'm gonna call Gyro Slinger. Oh, look, here's a f- grade 3 that I'm gonna call to rear guard plus 5k 18 by yeah. itself. That, and like, th- those feel great, but like, that doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's also what a, a lot of Excel decks do, just to make the game faster. Is just go, alright, mm-hmm. might as well. Um, I mean, if you put your opponent to high damage quickly, the game will have to end sooner. That is that is very very <laughs> unless they true. heal a lot. Um, I'm not sure where like force plays a part in this kind of disparity we have between an Excel and Protect. It kind of just seems like it's doing its own thing over over there. It's doing yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like already the 10k base of the Great Twos for force is not to is not to be ignored. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was going to matter less, but. How just a lot of Excel decks not really being able to hit over, uh, like hit that three eight threshold. The, most the, of the fact time. that they make you commit boosters more often is also obnoxious. Yeah, mm-hmm. and dropping a ten k shield to do so matters, uh, yeah. for sure. I think that uh, for force, like we all know the triangle in terms of like gifts. So like yeah. Excel beats protect, protect beats force, force beats Excel. 
But I think the fact that the game plan of Force is in between that of Excel and Protect kind of makes it so that it can um, it can do decent decently well in any kind of meta. Because uh, it can't really go under the Excel decks, but it can definitely overpower them. And while they can't, they generally can't like last to the late game like Angel Feather can, or sorry, Protect can. But uh, they can. He wants it to be good so bad. <laughs> <laughs> they were, but um, uh, but like um, but at the same time, even though they can't really like overpower the defensive late game of Protect decks in general, they can undercut them by going. Uh, killing them earlier yeah so i think they're just kind of in the spot where it's like they're kind of just always kind of in the middle because they have advantage and disadvantage to both decks but it's not like in the extremes you know what i mean I yeah think, i think they need to balance the scales on either end rather than trying to balance the middle if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Well, they, they're not balancing the middle the middle force that's just outside of bermuda triangles have just consistently gotten like decent support yeah. They didn't get absurd support, and they didn't get, like, garbage support. They just overall just got decent support. Instead, what they did is they started giving one end amazing support and the other end trash support. But what that ended up making was the middle deck rose up, or it it, um, it stayed more consistent in terms of its power level. Mm-hmm. So, like, you never... The only time we had, like, an absolute force meta was when Mew Triangle was there. But really, it was only really that deck. It was like Bermuda Triangle, and then a few Excel decks, then the next Force deck. But so like Force as a whole, as a gift a gift type, was always kind of like, you know, the second fiddle to whatever was the top, but never dead last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Force is just very well balanced. Uh, yeah. Like in a card game sense, might not be the best thing. That uh, that makes sense. Um, I think that I think that about does it for this episode of Nexus at Nights. Uh, if you join us next week, we will have basically one giant to sum it up for forty or so minutes about all all of the three previous episodes. So oh we will see you then. But first, guys, where can people find you? Can find me on the Twitter at Wiggums Two Gs Two Zs. Find me at Plasma Eclipse. Uh, you can find me through these guys or whatever. I would. Uh, nobody has uh, asked us a question like directly for James, but I'm sure that's going to happen at some point. And then, eh. we're, and then we're going to have to go turn. Hey, James, what do you think of this? And then we're going to have to go back to the Twitter. But uh, it's going to be great. Yep, it's going to be amazing. But uh, for me, you can find me at Atlas Novak on Twitter or Instagram, or you can find this show at Nexus at Night at Twitter or Instagram, or on the Nexus Tour YouTube channel. But until next time, I was Atlas. I'm still Matt. I'm Root Beer. Goddamn. James exists. James exists. And have a good night, everybody.